And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh in behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this time that you've given us to be in your house, for being able to glorify your name and praise you, Lord, for your love and your goodness in our lives, for being able to share this word, Lord, this morning we give you thanks. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you'll open our minds and our understanding to receive it. Help us, O oh Lord, to know what it is that you want us to get from it and help us to just live by it, Lord. For we know that your word is good for teaching and reproach and for so many things. Help us to be prepared for what you have for us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So what's your first reaction if somebody comes up to you and calls you a child? You're such a child. You don't go, yay, you called me a child, I feel young again. No, you go, What? You just called me a child? And immediately what comes to mind? Everything that does not make us a child. We begin to think of, you know, I've done this and I've been here and I've accomplished this much and I've learned this much. How can you call me a child? Most of us would be offended if somebody called us a child unless we knew them really well and we knew they were kidding. Be like, don't call me a child. I shared this with the 9 o'clock service, and it was incredible to see their eyes get this big because I don't think any of them have been called a child for a while. And the idea that somebody would call them a child was almost, you could almost tell that it was insulting. Why, nobody would call me a child. Now imagine that you are receiving this letter from Paul, and you're the Corinthian church, and basically... Paul is saying, you're all such a child. You're behaving like children. He says, you are being so immature as Christians. He's basically calling them fleshly and childish. And it's not the kind of stuff you want to hear if you're the church from one of your founding fathers, right? It's not the kind of stuff you want to hear. It's the kind of stuff that you listen to and immediately you do this. 
you cross your arms, you pout. And in that small moment when you crossed your arms and you pouted, guess what? You just made the point that you are a child. This initial illustration by Paul that begins by saying that they are behaving like children is one that sometimes we gloss over to get to the final part of the verse, which, which we study a little bit more. But I think it's one that is worthy of us really exploring because basically Paul's assertion is that we as Christians begin our new life in Christ when we accept Jesus Christ and are like newborn babies that have just begun in a new life with Christ. And that therefore we initially begin with milk of the word of God and of the understanding of who Jesus is. But that we as Christians cannot remain in that stage of milk. That we have to mature and grow and develop as Christians and go through stages of maturity as we continue to know Christ. And you know, Paul tells them, you know, I wanted. I wanted you to be able to enjoy the solids of the Christian faith, but you weren't ready for it. And if you're a parent, you know what it means for a child not to be ready for something to eat. If you've had a baby and they were with you at the table and you had some bread or something that they weren't quite ready to eat, you know that at some point in the meal, that baby went trying to grab your food. And if you were a responsible parent and they weren't able to eat that yet, what did you have to do? You can't have this yet. You're not ready for it. You're not ready for it. You might choke. And so we know what it means to have to limit the consumption of a baby in order to protect it from having something that could be detrimental to it. And that is the kind of love that a parent has for a child. That if a child asks for something and they're not ready for it, we're not going to give it to them if we're good parents. And Paul basically was saying, I love you guys. You are, you are the church that I started, but you weren't ready to have that which I wanted to give you, the solids of the faith. And therefore, I had to give you milk and keep you on milk. But if it's not enough to call them children, then he adds insult to injury by saying, and you are not ready yet. And if you think they were pouting before, the pout just got a little bit further out. And the posture got a little bit more defiant. And now they're thinking, who does this Paul think he is telling us that we're not ready yet? That he can limit us in what we have. I mean, if you've seen a child try to get food and you keep it from them, they get vicious. They get mean. They'll throw stuff. They'll throw a tantrum. And you can just imagine these Corinthians going, who does Paul think he is keeping us from the solids? We're ready. And Paul says, you were not ready then, and you are not ready yet. And how do I know that? 
because of the way you are behaving. You are behaving like children. And then he goes on to explain why. He must have heard from someone that told them about what was going on in the church because Paul basically said, the reason you are not ready to move on into the solids of the faith is because right now you all are dividing up as followers of the earthly leaders that God has sent to you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you are saying that we follow Apollos, and some that are saying that they, they're following Peter, and others are saying that they're following Jesus, but there's not a unity in understanding that all of this comes from God and not from any person. And therefore, he says, each of you is behaving like children. Now, before you say, we would never do that, Imagine that we go to do ministry together and you think of your favorite preacher of all times before me. And we go to do ministry together and we get together in our ministry meeting and we start talking about how to do things or what to do and somebody gives up and says, no, you know what? Pastor Freeland would not do it that way. And then we go on in the meeting and somebody finally says, no, Griff would not agree with that. And let me tell you something, if Reverend Gillespie was still alive, he would put a stop to this right now. For those of you that are new, these are past pastors. McFarland would definitely not allow that to happen. You see, these are the kind of things that the church in Corinth was doing. They were pulling all of these leaders and their traits and their qualities, and they were using them as, as things to draw to, and they were saying, I identify with this one, I identify with that one, and therefore, if this one doesn't agree with the one I'm following, then, then you and I can't get along. And they were losing sight of the ministry that God had called them to, which was sharing Jesus Christ with the world who needed to be saved. And they were losing sight of the fact that the methods or even the ideas that they had were not what was important. That it was, that it was God directed and God empowered through his Holy Spirit. And this is why Paul says, you're just not ready for solid foods. Because like little children, you're still focusing on fleshly things, on earthly things. Now, when you have a child, sometimes it's your, when it's your first child, you don't really know what they can eat. So you kind of are extra careful on what you feed them. You give them milk, right? But then from there on, there's all sorts of different schools of thought as to what age you can give them what, right? And if you're a first time parent, you don't just give them Cheerios, you cut the Cheerios in half just in case so they won't choke. You know, you get extreme with your protection. And it, sometimes I think that Paul loved the Corinthian church so much that he was extreme with them because of the care that he had, that he did not want anyone in the church of Corinth to choke as they were trying to grow in Christ. But he did want every one of them to mature. Let me tell you something. Your parents never wanted you to stay home and be a baby for the rest of your life. 
The desire of every parent is for their child to grow up to be a productive and healthy member of society, a person that has a life and a future and a, and a destiny. And God's desire for every Christian is that they won't just taste the milk of Christ, but that they will actually grow to want to consume his body and his flesh as we do at communion, to really internalize what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Whenever we start looking at things from an earthly perspective as they had done, we lose sight of the Jesus that we are supposed to be following. And we put our eyes on everything else. And the work of God that we are supposed to be doing gets impeded. Paul wanted the Corinthians to put these things aside and to focus again on Jesus. He said, the one who came and planted, the one who came and watered, are nothing but servants that God sent your way to help you know Jesus. They are nothing without Jesus. Jesus is everything. And there comes the second illustration, the idea of the one who plants, the one who waters, the one who sows. And most of us have moved at some time in our lives from one house to another. Everybody here moved at least once. Okay, everybody's moved at least once. So you've had the experience of going into a new property and finding a plant there that you did not plant. Either a flowering bush or a tree or even greenery that you did not plant. Somebody else planted. Somebody else watered. Somebody else fertilized. Somebody else stressed over that lawn before you ever got there. And now you are enjoying the fruits of what they did. When we moved into our house, there was fig trees. And I got to pick figs from my tree without having to have lifted a finger. Voila. There they are. And the question is, does that mean that somebody did not plant? Does that mean that somebody did not water? Does that mean that somebody did not Make the effort to get that plant where it was. No, absolutely not. Somebody did that. And I'm enjoying the fruit of their labors. Paul wanted the Corinthians to understand that there would be leaders that would come and go. People that God would bring into their midst to help them in their ministry, to lead them, to guide them, to teach them, to equip them, to encourage them. But that these were not the people they needed to focus on because it was all about Jesus. And it was not about these servants that God had placed in their midst. But you know, as human beings, we have a hard time with that because we focus on people. Sometimes we even put them up on a pedestal. And then when they do something wrong, we, we get upset. Because the only one we should be looking up to is Jesus. He is the only stature that you need to grow up to. He is the only one that you need to compare yourself with. He is the only one that we should keep our eyes on. When you lose sight of Jesus, you sink. Peter can tell you that. You sink. When you begin to look at other things, you lose sight 
of the common purpose that we have as Christians, which is that this world and everyone in it will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of the world and will come to that personal relationship with him. Paul explained that every servant that comes through the field has that common purpose. They do their part. They do what they are called to do. And then God is the one that gives the growth. You know, I went out there one day and all of those figs were there. One moment they weren't, the next moment they were. I wasn't even paying attention to it. I didn't even see them come out. I saw them when they were big. That is the kind of growth that God gives. It's one that you can't control. It's one that you can't dictate. It's one that comes through God's grace and is given. And it doesn't mean that you and I don't have something to do. The one that plants still needs to plant. The one that waters still needs to water. But it is God who gives the growth through our efforts. And that means that we as Christians grow both personally and communally. As Christians individually, we need to grow. We cannot remain the same. Your life has to change if you have come into an encounter with Jesus. You have to go from the milk to the solids. You have to grow in your understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. But as a community, we also need to ensure that we are about making disciples of Jesus Christ. People need to know that Jesus invites them to new life, and in that new life there is growth and there is development and there is maturity. Our task is to plant, to water, to fertilize. But God gives the growth. Paul wanted the Corinthians to be found growing in faith to the stature of Christ. Not just in their works, but also in their personal devotion and relationship with Christ. You see, children always want to do what adults do. They always want to grow up faster than they should. You know, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self to enjoy those naps. Because we always want to do what the adults do, right? We always want to do what the adults do. And the Corinthians wanted to be like Paul. They wanted to have the gifts of the Spirit. They wanted to heal. They wanted to do miracles. They wanted to be able to, you know, do great things for the kingdom of God. Yet they could not do some of those things because they continued to be on milk and weren't growing in the faith in those areas that they needed to. God wants us as servants of Christ to grow in the common purpose of being his body to the world. He wants you and I to bring people to Jesus and let him do a mighty work in them. Sharing Jesus with, with others will transform the world. It'll change everything. Because we already know it has changed us. We already know it has made an impact on us. And you know how God changes the world? 
one person at a time. One person at a time. I pray that you are willing to plant, to water, to do whatever it takes to set the conditions right for the growth that God will bring in people's lives around you and that you yourself are growing in your understanding of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this call, Lord, to just to grow, to grow in our faith, to grow in our love of Jesus, to grow in our understanding, and to continue to trust the results to you. We thank you, Lord, because you grow us every single day. You try to help us, O Lord, to mature in Christ and to see new things that we had not seen before. Help us, Lord, to not settle, not settle for the milk, but to yearn for the solids of the faith, to yearn for the word of God that is edifying, to yearn for the Holy Spirit's presence that is empowering, to yearn for the fellowship with you that we need in our lives. Help us on this day simply to commit ourselves to be servants of Jesus every day as we grow together in faith. In his name we pray, amen. The altar is always open as we call our prayer team to come forward. If you need help growing, Jesus is here right now. He wants to grow you in faith, in your understanding, in the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Let us worship.